Hello, welcome to the Team Building Show for Canadians. I'm your host here, Sandy McKay. And here at the Team Building Show, it's our mission to create high-level conversations and give you actionable concepts for you to go and implement in your real estate business right away. And before we get into our interview here today, just a quick reminder, head over to our website, teambuildingshow.ca. You'll be able to download or watch and or, or listen to all of our previous shows. Uh, subscribe to our list so you don't miss out on an episode. Get access to whatever else we start rolling out as the team as the, as the show grows. And uh, go like our Facebook page, subscribe to YouTube, wherever you're watching. Um, you can join in the conversation, ask us questions live. And um, and we'd love to hear your feedback as well. So leave us some reviews, uh, leave us some some ratings if you're watching or listening on uh, on iTunes, Spotify, etc. Um, anything like that helps us. And uh, and if you want to hear some someone specific, talk about something specific in the real estate world, then let us know. And we'd love to go get a guest that's an expert in that and, and chat about it and uh, bring some value there. So. Really excited today with our guest we've got on. We've got Justin Price here, um, who's got a, a really interesting business model, and uh, they're part of a one of the biggest real estate teams in North America. And so we're going to talk about some really cool high level stuff, and also uh, get into you know some things on local and expansion and all that sort of things, and a lot of the systems behind that. So uh, welcome to the show, Justin. Thank you very much for having me. I'm excited. Awesome. Why don't we start out? Just uh, explain a little bit about your your background, your history in real estate, and how you kind of got to where you are today. And then we'll touch on you know what this whole structure looks like today too, because it's pretty unique. Yeah, sounds good. So um, I've been licensed for about twelve years now. Um, I got licensed while I was in university. I actually didn't start out full time. I started out part time, helping my partner Diane, um, who's actually my mother. So we've got a mother son dynamic here. Um, so I was actually working in the hospital for the first uh, about seven years that I was licensed, doing it part time. And then about four years ago, I decided to make the jump, left the hospital job and decided we were going to give it a real go with starting a team. So that's kind of the background of, of where I started. Um, now, my my formal title is the director of operations for Canada for the Lacido Global Network. So basically what we are is. Um, we're part of an expansion team organization. So what that looks like is our hub is actually based out of Maryland in the US. Um, that's where Bob Lacido is based out of. And then we have about 26 locations across North America right now. Um, and so I'm overseeing all of the Canadian expansion and more so the operation side of things with that. Um, yeah, so that's kind of, kind of how I got started and where we're at. It's a big deal, the team. Then it's uh, you sold how much real estate would 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 uh, Lacido Global have sold in twenty twenty? Yeah, so twenty twenty numbers. Um, we had a record year for us, so we sold eight hundred ninety six million in volume, um, twenty four hundred units, and we closed. Uh, that was just over twenty and a half million in GCI for the team. Twenty and a half million. So uh, yeah, probably. Probably, I think that would make you the the biggest team that we've had on the show so far. Um, yeah. Probably, probably by a, a quite a bit. Um, so yeah, that's that's pretty awesome. And in your team locally, what, how did your team uh, your team locally? What would you have contributed to that volume? I guess. So um, our local volume last year was about uh, just shy of fifty million. Uh, we had ninety two units and just shy of nine hundred thousand in GCI. Awesome. And that's primarily Hamilton and surrounding area. Yeah, Greater Hamilton area. We're based out of Ancaster. That's where our office is. But um, yeah, Greater Hamilton area is, is the most part of it. And how long have you been with the Lucido uh, Global Group? So we came on in August of 2019. So last year was our full, first full year 
under their organization. And um, and so I think we're you know we want to learn a little bit more about that uh, what that looks like and everything uh, because you know why why you know what what is the outlook on on joining that sort of a, a team like why does a team like that even exist it's not a brokerage but it's 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 kind of similar to a brokerage in a way um, yeah and it's not a normal team either because it's it's a heck of a lot bigger than a normal team yeah how does that all look what is that how does it work yeah so um, actually one of the things that um, just happened that we uh i think we're just announcing now is we are actually a market center um we've worked with kwri for the last little while um to come up with a plan and basically we're operating under um what's called the strategic market center so um our new brokerage name is keller williams the Cedo agency it'll be based out of out of maryland we are a full-fledged market center within Keller Williams. We have a market center number. We have our own MCA, our own broker record, all that stuff. And what that's going to actually allow us to do is open these strategic market centers um, in strategic locations across North America as well. And so we can uh, kind of operate in a slightly different model than what's traditionally been allowed. But so in essence, with an expansion location, what we're looking at is you have a hub you have a primary location. So for us, that's that's Maryland. Um, and I'll talk a little bit more about our unique scenario with, with us specifically. But in a traditional sense of expansion, you have a hub. That's where all of the administrative uh, power comes from, all the administrative support. And then all of the expansion locations that you have are just agent-based. So they typically operate out of a market center. And, and they have no administrative staff unless they're big enough to support, you know, they need their own administrative staff. But typically all of that is handled by the hub. So that's what makes it a unique um, dynamic is that it allows a team leader in a location to grow without having to worry about implementing all the systems or implementing and hiring, you know, administrative staff if that's not their strong suit. If they're a strong producing agent, they get to come in and just worry about recruiting more agents and being out there and producing. And they don't have to worry about any of the stuff behind the scenes. We handle all of that. So um, that's one of the benefits to an expansion location or to an expansion organization is that you leverage a lot of that stuff off that even if you were building your own team, you would still have to handle. Um, with us specifically, what we're doing is we are actually creating the Canadian hub. So um, this is a unique thing that I don't think any of the other expansion teams are doing right now. Um, but our location in Ancaster is actually becoming a secondary hub to the Maryland one. So with that, we have our own administrators here that are handling the Canadian administrative tasks. Um, we do still leverage the marketing department out of Maryland for right now, but I do see at some point we'll probably hire a supplement to that and bring on a couple marketing people for here. And, um, and then also our director of sales, who does all the agent accountability, is also going to be overseeing the expansion locations for right now as well, as far as um, the accountability portion. Any of the team leaders that come on are the, are responsible for recruiting at each location. Awesome. So 
So it's a it's a it's a big engine behind this whole thing, and it's yeah. something that I think a lot of uh, realtors in the U.S. are probably familiar with, um, yeah. at, at least to some extent. I think Canada is a little bit it's a little bit fresher to hear about this stuff here. Yeah. Um, and it's a it's something that's going to probably be more prevalent as we uh, as we go on with time here. Um, Lucido Global is not the only team that that we're aware of. I know doing some, yeah. some version of this in Canada and uh, primarily GTA Southern Ontario seems to be the launching point for a lot of these. Yeah. Um, uh, it's pretty interesting. And I think something that a lot of realtors should be aware of because they're going to come into contact with these sort of groups pretty soon, a lot more. Yeah. What, uh, what was the big thing for you? Uh, was the opportunity, I guess, to help grow something bigger in Canada with this it, it, for, for your team. I mean, it, it is a, it's a, it, it kind of jumps you ahead by five plus years, perhaps in, in terms of growth, right? Cause you get to avoid all that up and down with hiring people trying yeah. to set up these systems that are that are not easy to set up ultimately right yeah I, and that is a really interesting point and that was one of the things that came up in the conversation with them when we were coming on board uh for those of you familiar with kind of the mrea model and the seven levels of, of team building you basically jump to like a level five or level six overnight by joining the organization so you you do bypass a lot of that growth stage and the growing pains that come from it not to say that it's going to be perfect but you do eliminate a lot of the growing pains that you would normally experience. So, yeah, you can definitely leap forward. And for us, um, you know, Diane and I, we had a great business and and we could have definitely been happy maintaining course, you know, indefinitely. Um, for us, it was about creating opportunity. What we saw when we started talking to Lucido was the amount of opportunity for everybody on our team, whether it was administrators, whether it was agents. Um, and it's one of those unique things that I don't think a lot of teams can provide. And that is, um, in all honesty, if you came to me and said, you know, I'd really like to open a location in Ireland. Okay. You know, there's, there's nothing stopping you. Um, we have the capabilities of doing that because we have such a large team and so much experience with expansion there really isn't anything stopping you from saying hey i want to do this whether it's another location in ontario whether it's a location somewhere else in the world um and i think that's a really unique selling point to people of why they should come into our world it's because there really is no limit on what they can achieve and even if they outgrow what i can provide there's still this whole level other layer of organization that they can grow into, which is Lucido as a whole. And I think that's one of the most powerful things that we saw was being able to give basically endless opportunity to anybody that wanted it when they came in onto our team. Awesome. And, uh, and obviously that's stuff that's not really very available. And most teams you talk to are pretty, pretty, uh, pretty basic setup, you know, local, yeah. local team, local feel, um, which has some, you know, some value to that too. Right. Bit, 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 if someone really likes that really close, but the expansion version, you kind of get the best of both, right? You get that local yeah. feel, maybe, maybe a little more family feel almost, but you also yeah. have the huge engine behind it. What, what is it? What does it look like then from the main hub, team what is it what kind of systems do they have when you say they have the administration hub and things like that what does that actually look like uh, yeah that you tap into so um i mean the big ones are they provide us with uh, a full-fledged crm they have all of the advertising spend down pat of what works what kind of budgets they start with and then um you know the break points of when you move it, it makes sense to move those budgets up 
Um, so that's years of testing and experience right off the bat of, of keeping your expenses under control, but also growing aggressively. Um, we have a full marketing team in Maryland. So everything from uh, digital content creators to print mark, uh, marketing content creators. Um, basically, we have a backend portal. You just go on and you say, hey, I want a door knocking uh, hanger for, for this purpose. And they'll draft something up within 24 hours for you and send it for proof. So, I mean, it's just those kinds of efficiencies and systems that, that you can tap into. Um, and in all honesty, one of the biggest things, uh, this has been something I've been reflecting on a lot lately. It's also the intangibles of what it brings. So, you know, I think a lot of people focus when they look at joining a team and they look at giving up a percentage of their commission so what are the tangible things that I'm providing as a team owner for them, whether it's marketing collateral, whether it's, you know, paying for photography or leads or whatever that is. But I think, and our, our own story in that, um, the full, first full year with Lucido, we doubled our business. So yes, there was definitely tangibles that came from it, like marketing collateral and stuff like that. But we had some of that, not as nice, not as pretty, but we had it. Um, I think one of the biggest things that changed was who we were surrounded with, the levels of conversations that we were having, that healthy competition that comes from a collaborative uh, culture, and then also just being having access to Bob and having access to other people that are doing things at an incredibly high level and being able to hear from them. And, and one of the most powerful things for me, for Bob Lacido. Uh, and why I have so much respect for him is that he's one of the only uh, team owners at this level that is still in production and, and not just kind of somewhat in production. Uh, him and his wife work together. They sell well over 200 houses a year between the two of them. And they're actually the number one KW luxury agent uh, for the whole company. So, and that's not just the team, that's his own personal production that, that gives him that title. So, you know, when you look at that, when we have a call and he comes on and he's saying, hey, you know what? I used this door knocking script and it had a lot of success. You can take that to the bank because that was actually something that he did that week. And he's saying, hey, this is a real scenario. I just used this script in COVID in this time. And this is what the outcome was. You know, that carries so much weight with being able to be motivated and inspired to, to keep going and to get to the next level. And I think that's one of the biggest things that contributed to, to our growth. And I think one of the things that's most overlooked when people consider what kind of value joining a team or an organization like ours looks like. I agree 100%. I think that's probably the number one value. And it's something that most people forget about or just kind of just maybe not in the right mindset to focus on that. It's the yeah. environment, the culture and the environment that you're tapping into, right? Which is... Many times I've said that in the, I don't know, for years now, that's the number one thing in someone's life, probably in terms of where they want to go, good or bad, right? That's, that's yeah. the, it's the environment, culture that you're surrounding yourself with. It's yeah. the reason why the your income generally gets to around the top five people you hang around with. It's the reason why mm -hmm. your, your success levels, however you want to look at it, generally your physique and stuff generally is around the top five people you hang around. So it's, right. it's just tapping into that environment and being a big part, you know, bringing that to your world on a day-to-day -day basis, whereas right. it's more maybe on a monthly or weekly basis otherwise, right? Yeah. Um, 
And so I think that's huge. I think that's huge. And, and it's sometimes difficult to, you know, to, to really feel or understand that until you're in it. Right. That's, I think one yeah. of the challenges with, with, with that is, yeah, it sounds almost, it sounds like fluffy almost. It doesn't sound like yeah. the real, it's not really a tangible thing necessarily. So it's hard to, hard to grasp it. And it's, and it's almost, it's probably 10 times more important than any of the actual tangible yeah. things that you're going to, going to receive right from, from part yeah. Right there. And I will say culture, I think is such a huge component to this. And, and you're exactly right in saying that I think a lot of times it gets uh, like a reputation or a rap of, of being fluffy or, or um, almost disingenuous in some cases. Right. And, but yet when you're, when you're ingrained in it, it isn't like, it, it's such a powerful thing. And um, you know, one of the most powerful examples of that recently was we had a call. I'll talk about this a little bit later, but um, we have a weekly call with our director of lead gen for Lucido. And, and he brings somebody on that's doing something at a high level, whether it's door knocking or cold calling or utilizing Boomtown or whatever it is. And he had a guest on and funny enough, Diane um, ended up chiming in a lot on the conversation. And what was really interesting is that the way that they were both approaching it, um, they're both very experienced agents. They saw a lot of real estate between the two of them and they have completely different approaches to how they handle, I think they were talking about buyer consults or something. And it was such a powerful conversation for both of them to explain how they do things and why it works for them and have people walk away and not be angry and not be upset that they got challenged or that they got called out. Like it was, it was a constructive conversation that it turned into like a script battle on the spot of how they would objection handle each other. And, you know, it's just that kind of culture where nothing's off limits because it comes from a genuine place. And, and we're very protective of that, whether it's in our own team or whether that's in Lucido. And um, it, yeah, it, Culture is such an important part. So what does that look like uh, for your team and, and maybe the bigger uh, expansion network there, like week to week or month to month? What type of, of those meetings and stuff actually happen that you that you kind of tap into or that you that you uh, orchestrate on your own? Yeah, so I was actually taking a look at this, um, you know, getting ready for the call. And I was actually kind of surprised at how many phone calls we actually have each week. Um, but I think, you know, you can never have too much communication. So it's a positive um, and, and clearly it's been working for us. So uh, every Monday we have a Lucido wide uh, Lucido expansion team huddle. Um, usually that's the call that Bob would join us on and, and he'll either give experiences or they'll keep us up to date what's going on in Lucido as a whole. Um, then every Tuesday we have a leadership meeting within our own team. Um, so our director of sales, Diane and I, um, our, our admin, we all get together. We review our 135 for the team. We make sure that we're still prioritizing the right tasks, that we're on track. Uh, we delegate anything that we need to do. Um, every Wednesday, oh, and sorry, every Tuesday we have an in-house training within our own team. So we pick a topic, whether it's a hard skill or a soft skill. Um, and we train on that for an hour. We'll bring in special guests sometimes, like lawyers and accountants and, and insurance brokers. Um, so then on Wednesday, we have uh, a biweekly leadership call. So for any 
any of the team leaders within Lacido Expansion are on that call. And again, that's just an opportunity to mastermind, share experiences as team leader or team leader, what's working within our teams, what do we need help and support around. Um, and then on Thursdays, we have uh, our call with our director of lead gen, going over um, different strategies around lead gen that our ISCs are using. And then on Friday, we have our weekly team huddle um, for our own team. And we do some learning with that. We share what's going on in the business, deals that are coming up. And then the last call is on Friday afternoons. I have another team leader call. And that one's focused more around recruiting and accountability rather than masterminding. So there's a ton of communication happening at all levels of the organization on a regular basis. And actually, in addition to that, our admins, um, all of the client care and transaction coordinators within Lacido uh, have a huddle Monday, Wednesday, Thursday in the morning. And again, that's to make sure that they have support. Do they need help with anything? Is somebody going away and they need support? So it's it's a constant over-communication. If I had to pick a trend and a theme uh, within our organization, it's over-communication is basically what it is. I think, and I think it's important to obviously, especially the last year, it's been important to over-communicate. I think at times, you know, I've had, I've heard agents on our team or other teams saying, giving feedback of, they don't even, they just, they get sick of those types of meetings sometimes, or they don't want yeah. so many of them. Is that something that comes up or do you find, um, I guess, have you, have you learned anything around how to, how to, how to be involved in those meetings where they're, where they're actually productive and not uh, feeling like a time suck for people? Yeah. So, I mean, one of the examples around that was we used to have our Lacido team or our Lacido huddle in the morning on Mondays. And then we also had our team huddle on Monday afternoons. And what we were finding was that engagement was dropping because they were on a call in the morning. They were call on a call in the afternoon. It was taking away from their activities. They were finding it hard to focus. So that's why our team huddle is now actually on the Friday. Uh, we did that strategically to break up those calls. So, um, and then the other thing was the the training. You know, we have asked for feedback on that because we did find that it's hard to gauge where people are at in their business and where they need the most support. And especially because when we first started the team, we had several new agents and, you know, we were growing through the learning process together with them. But then what happened is we started to add more new agents. And then we found we had to go back and try and re-educate people. And it wasn't all kind of at the same experience level. So that's caused us to kind of revisit. So we've been asking for a lot of feedback from the agents of what do they need support around and then trying to make our training call specific to that. And if they don't have suggestions that week, then we'll come up. I mean, you know, we're always running into some kind of scenario or situation that that's a teachable moment. So worst comes to worst, we'll talk about things like that. So, and okay, cool. That helps. And then meetings, uh, sorry, systems around growing a team. Let's talk about that a bit. Cause, uh, yeah. you're, you're pretty involved in that with it, with your group. Um, you know, we all kind of model loosely at least, or, or sometimes very, uh, very specifically off the millionaire real estate agent model, yeah. which has four real, you know, basic models built in budget model, lead generation model, economic model, organizational model um do you focus on those much or is that is that within the organization do you see elements of that tied in with it and uh i guess how do you how do you use those models i guess to run your systems and and all the things you either tapping into with lucido or developing locally yeah for sure so um we do definitely use them and 
you know, depending on what it is, the, the context and how closely we follow it varies, obviously. Um, as far as structure of the organization, it is a little hard with expansion locations or an expansion organization to follow the traditional MREA model closely. Um, but with that being said, I mean, I would say if anything, we're structuring our locations more to be a mini market center rather than a traditional team setting. So, you know, you've got you've got your your team leader, which would be like your manager, your broker record, um, that would also oversee the recruiting, so the TL component, then your MCs, your admins, and then you've got all of your agent, and then you've got your support staff around them, right? So it, it kind of follows that model, I would say a little more closely than maybe the traditional MREA team model. Um, and if anything, being a part of the bigger organization has allowed us to bypass certain steps that you would normally want to follow if you were following the MREA model exactly of, you know, hiring an admin first and then, you know, at a certain break point, you hire your first showing agent and then, you know, you follow down the line. Um, we've had to jump around a little bit more to accommodate some of the growth and when talent showed up for us. But we've been again, we've been able to manage that because of the systems that Lucido has in place just overall and, and not even necessarily systems, but just experience. They've done this enough that that they know kind of how to pivot at the last second. And we always say, you know, we may not actively be recruiting, but if talent shows up, we'll find room on the bus, right? Like you're never going to say no to talent if they show up. So we just need to be conscientious of that and be able to shift quickly, pivot quickly if that person shows up in our world. Uh, you know, on that note with, with, with people and the people are the, like the heart, you can come up with the best systems and most structured things and, and different type of people are going to, are going to completely botch yeah. the systems or Pe yeah. people are always a challenge because they're, they're people, right. And there's human error yeah. involved in all this, but how do you leading people, having them built in, like work into your systems and stuff, what are some failures or, uh, or, or like successes, I guess they've had with that over the years and, and how does, how's that, how, how, how is your ability to lead people, I guess, developed over, over the years and, uh, and with this team now? Yeah. So, I mean, when we started this team, I wanted to take a very slow and strategic growth to it. Um, at the same time, there was a lot of teams that were just, you know, they were out there recruiting left, right, and center. They were basically taking anybody with a pulse. And I, I, I I don't mean this to come across as like, uh, you know, putting them down, but it just, it was such an active recruiting effort. And um, what ended up happening with a lot of those is they they outgrew the systems that they had in place. And and then people would start to leave and, and then they were kind of starting from square one again and then they would rebuild. And even to some degree, Lucido experienced this. Um, you know, in the first year that they were, had expansion, um, I believe they grew to 25 locations in the first year. And then they ended up scaling that back to, I think, a, around 10 or 11 locations. And then they started rebuilding. They got some new people within the organization and executive leadership. They changed the direction. They changed how they were approaching what, when to go into business with somebody. And when they did that, they started to rebuild. But it's been a very slow and gradual growth. I mean, even just... To put it in perspective, when we started talking to them, we talked to them at Family Reunion of 2019. Uh, we didn't sign contracts until September of that year. And I was having weekly conversations with their director of growth and, and with their COO. Um, 
So it wasn't because there was a lack of communication to try and get the ball rolling, but we were just so invested in each other of making sure that this was a fit, that we were in alignment, that we were in this, both sides were in it for the long haul, um, especially with a strategic uh, partnership like us with creating a second hub, it was really important for us to make sure that we were in alignment and before we move forward with anything. And I would say that's, that's really the biggest thing that I've learned. I mean, I'm really proud of the culture that we have within our team. Um, we've had essentially no turnover in the last two to three years that we've had agents come on board with us. Um, you know, in an industry where there's a ton of turnover in teams, I'm really proud of the fact that we've, we've been able to retain everybody. And I think part of that is just being really protective of the culture and the dynamic that we have in the team. Um, again, going back to, you know, sometimes it comes across cheesy, but we really are like a family. I mean, we go away to our cottage as a, as a team together. We, um, you know, we just, it's not about being over personal, but we care about each other on a personal level. So if something's happening to somebody, you know, we're all there to support them. And I mean, one of the biggest testaments to this is, is we had a client that actually double registered on our website. And they were working with two of our agents at the same time. And we didn't know until they went to go do an offer. And then when it became aware, I basically just said to them, you know, I want you guys to figure this out. I'm okay with whatever you do. I want you both to walk away from this happy. You guys talk it out and let me know whatever you decide. And they basically came back and said, you know what? We'll let the client pick who they want to work with if they have a, um, a preference to somebody on the buying side. And we'll co-list the listing together perfect like it wasn't about the money it wasn't about you know that they were stealing each other's business it was let's come to an agreement it's for the benefit of the team as a whole if we keep this client and let's figure out how to proceed and i think that was for me one of hands down the, the best examples of what we've built for a culture and you know as far as failures go i think being aware of you know, we went into business with somebody that was not in alignment with us from a culture perspective. And that is the only person we parted ways with. And that was our choice um, because it just was not a fit um, in how they came across to the team and, and the energy that they brought. Um, and it was, it was palpable within the team. So, so we decided to terminate that, that partnership. And since then we haven't, uh, we haven't had any other turnover with agents. It's hard with that. So you want to grow, you want to maintain the culture. It's, it's some, it's, they're almost going in opposite directions in a way, because it is tough to find sometimes tough to, to find the right fit. Right. And so it's, yeah. it's being patient, but ready to kind of capitalize on opportunities as they come. And then, and it is right. It's, it's going slow to go fast at the right moment sort of thing. Yeah. It's, 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 that's something a lot of people I think have challenges with is they bring on too many people, like you said, and, they're not they're all over the place so like if three of them are kind of culturally a fit over here the other ones are over here and they're not really as a group very aligned and it it creates some challenges for sure especially in a world where there's we're all kind of uh not not necessarily all super entrepreneurial but most of us are kind of yeah. not most agents are not the most uh employable people in 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 yeah. like other uh, the corporate world or whatever right they're very kind of yeah entrepreneurial so it's it's difficult to create sometimes to create that yeah. that 
that uh, well kind of orchestrated culture together togetherness, I guess, as a family in that environment sometimes. Yeah, and one thing that I'll add to that is that, you know, you have to be really aware of what everybody's big why is and why they're doing it and what their goals are. I mean, it's easy as a, as an owner or a team leader to get caught up in production and your top line revenue and all of that stuff. But at the end of the day, not everybody's motivated by money and not everybody's vision for what you know, a successful year is the same. We have agents that aren't driven by money. They, if they could make 20,000 a year to go and travel with family, you know, that's all they want. But what you have to realize as a leader is that that's what's important to them. And so as long as you're there to support them to hit that goal and you don't worry about what that does to your top line revenue, then, then I think that's what reinforces the culture. But if you're, you know, when I said earlier, our big why of, of joining the CETO and building a team is to create lives for other people. Again, you can't put your desires for success on somebody else. So if they have big goals and big dreams and they want to make, you know, half a million dollars a year for you, great. Go into business with them knowing that. But if they come in and say, hey, I just want to, you know, I want to do this part time and I want to make an extra $30,000 a year to put my kids through school, then hold them accountable to that and be okay with it. And also recognize, I mean, one of the things that I think a lot of people forget is that depending on what you're doing for them from a, from a cost perspective, you know, a bit on the, on the budget model, um, our agents aren't necessarily costing us a lot of money to be on the team unless they're actively doing things. So if they're just, you know, taking a month off and not not producing because that's they want to take a break. At the end of the day, it's not really costing our team anything from our bottom line. So I'm not going to be upset at them for not hitting the numbers or, you know, there is still an accountability portion to it for sure. But again, it's it's holding them accountable to their goals and their desires, not what you're saying you need them to do. And I think that's something that um we maybe do different than some of the other teams. Well, I think you get that at a little bit at, at scale, right? Because you have, as a local, yeah, you have fairly light on the like expense side of things. Most, I guess, compared to what a local team of of your, uh, you know, amount of yeah. business would be. Um, that's what you get with the leverage of the bigger, bigger team, right? Is you get, yeah. Obviously, there's some cost to them to have people on board, yeah. but and, and a little bit of cost to you as well, I'm sure. But there's. It's, it's just spread out so much wider that and, and yeah. you know you get you get things like enterprise pricing with different systems and stuff like that yeah. and you can spread out and it, it's at that scale it's just so much more easier to to work with that and that's probably yeah. leads to a, a better culture overall in in a lot of ways uh all the ways you mentioned right you get to actually treat these treat people like people which is yeah <laughs> which is sometimes gets lost in the in the production conversations right yeah. And I mean, it is so easy, especially in an industry like this, where it, it it's so dependent on your activities as an agent. Um, you know, you need to be out lead generating, doing activities, and whether that's making phone calls or doing an open house or whatever that is, um, there is an emphasis on that. So again, just putting in perspective, and um, I want to kind of circle back to that because where I was... Um, where I wanted to go with that was that I'm very conscientious not to leave people behind as well. You know, it's easy when you start recruiting a lot that you, 
you almost outgrow and you leave people behind that that maybe do have ambition to succeed and they have big goals but they just need a bit more of that support and you get so caught up with helping the new people get onboarded and you know being excited about their immediate success or whatever it is that you kind of forget about those people and so we've actually at several points you know we'd onboard a couple of people and then we'd pause recruiting and then we'd make sure that those people are getting the support that you need our systems are scaled to support them and all that stuff and then once we're kind of confident that they're going to hit their goals and be on track for it then we'll start opening up recruiting again and then we'll pause and we just keep kind of recycling that that process to make sure that we're not leaving anybody behind so um, i think that's a really important component of this too that if you're going to build a team you need to make sure that you're not leaving people behind if you're taking them on as part of your team and you're going to take on part of their success by being in business with them you need to be there to support them and not not drop the ball on them. Agreed. Good one. Good one there too. That's that's something that yeah, you, you almost have to go through sometimes and learn sometimes yeah. through failure, I think, too, because it's it's hard to it's hard to understand that sometimes without yeah. going through it. Um, I've been through that, I think, at times as well, and, yeah. and probably dropped the ball on that, to be honest. Yeah. Um it's it takes it takes uh it yeah, you, you, otherwise they'd check out and they'll 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 wanna probably leave you behind. Yeah. Um exactly. Uh, what what uh, what's helped with? Let's talk quickly. It's not a Keller Williams show, but let's talk quickly because the only reason you're in this whole we talk all these different words, expansion and uh, and market centers, team leaders, etc. Mm -hmm. uh, I kind I get the I get the lingo, but some people don't. But what yeah. what has been what has been the experience with KW? How has that helped the team grow? You've gone from uh, you know a small group with um, another brokerage uh, be a while ago now, maybe seven years yeah. ago, right? But yeah. um, now into the, the opportunities that have come with being with uh, a bigger brand, a bigger brokerage have, have grown, uh, I guess, your team in a lot of different ways. What's been yeah. some of the values you've got out of that? And uh, and maybe not, maybe maybe some cons in that too. If there are yeah, well, I mean, the reality is we wouldn't have a team without KW. So that's all there is to it. We loved our previous brokerage. Um, Diane was with them since day one, uh, had an amazing relationship with our previous broker of record and owner. Um, she was a top producer from day one, had the utmost support from them. When she got approached to uh, be one of the first people to come into the KW brand market center uh, office in, in Hamilton, that was a really tough decision for her. And, and I say her more because at that time I was still part-time, um, but it was just her running as fast as she could. And, and what happened when we came into KW is we started to open up. First of all, there was the culture shift from kind of that cutthroat approach that a traditional brokerage had, where kind of everybody was out for themselves. And that's shifted in the last couple of years. I think a lot of it has to do with KW being around. Um, but, you know, 10, 10, 15 years ago, it was very cutthroat. People didn't want to talk to you. People didn't want to share. It was hard to get mentorship. And so when we came to KW and all of a sudden that had completely shifted to, you know, it's a profit sharing company, which is a very misunderstood concept and a, and a long conversation in itself. But at the end of the day, what it fuels is a, a desire to help everybody succeed in the market center, in the brokerage, because the better we all do, the better we do with our profit share individually. And so you have incentive to train and you have incentive to mentorship and, you know, all those things that come from it. Um, the other thing is that KW opened 
the eyes, our, our eyes to what a team looked like and what kind of leverage an admin provides. And at first it was just the Diane hiring an admin and me helping, you know, oversee that admin. And then it grew to, then we hired some agents and, but that team concept really was non-existent prior to us coming to KW. And so at the end of the day, we wouldn't be where we are if we weren't a part of KW. Mm-hmm. And I know Bob echoes the same thing. If you talk to him, he was with Remax before and came to KW and his business completely changed when he came to KW. And he's been, what's it been five, six years, give or take? Maybe? I think five, six years. Yeah. 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 Um, I always find it gets it's just crazy that he sells 200 plus houses a year and has this big organization too. There's, I don't know if there's another person out there in, in real estate world that is like that. Uh, yeah, probably not. I know it may be similar, but uh, not many people come to mind. You know what it is? It's leverage and it's having the right people around you. And this is a great takeaway, whether you're, you're a, you know, like a, a small team operation with a couple of people or whether you're an organization like this, it's having the right people in place. And that, that, what he calls a failure when they expanded too quick, the people that are in place now weren't in the picture. And when those people came into his world, it allowed him to shift back to focusing on production and they took ownership of the growth and the systems and and the things needed to scale. And so, you know, having those people in your world that are able to take you to the next level and, and leverage those things off your plate. That's what this is all about. It's imperative, hard, hard, hard to easy to easy to to kind of recommend. Harder to put in practice, that's for sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah, super, super important. What's uh, what's coming for you and your team and everything next? And uh, I, you know, what's if you have any thoughts around what the what the heck does all this mean for the industry in Canada? Because there's a lot yeah. of people coming to Canada like this. I think this is very yeah. under under. Uh, this is not, not very many people are aware of this. Um, yeah. I think we feel it maybe more being in the some of these conversations, but. Yeah, uh, I, I would foresee in the next few years, there's a heck of a lot of these big teams coming here. And yeah. my personal thought is teams are taking over this industry and yeah. um, brokerages are going to struggle to you know maintain the value and the uh, teams are going to really pour on the value. And, uh, yeah. you know, that's my quick thought on it, but I'd love to hear your input on that too. I agree a hundred percent. I think this last year was a, a perfect, um, it cements, I think, what a lot of us were already thinking about the direction that teams were going. Um, you know, pretty much every team owner that I talked to uh, that had a team through COVID increased their business, increased their market share. Um, and a lot of the individual agents that I talked to that would normally be successful struggled. And, and whether it was just that their production dipped or whether it was uh, they struggled with more fluctuation in their business than they normally would, where maybe they had a pretty consistent business over the year, you know, a consistent number of closings. Um, they've, they've struggled more with those dips and those shutdowns by being an individual agent. Um, and I think that comes to support. I mean, we, we pivoted basically the first day of the first lockdown. We had a daily check-in call every morning with the team, uh, not only to discuss about how we were going to pivot with with all the changes and the change in the, the landscape, but also just to check in on each other, make sure that mentally we're okay, physically we're okay, does anybody need support around anything? And I think that was a huge component. And I think that's something that only a team can offer. It's hard to get that as an individual agent. Um, as far as the direction of teams, I think 100% teams are 
are the way of the future. And, and I think we're seeing that more and more year over year teams are gaining market share and individual agents are, uh, their market share is dropping. Um, and I think it's just, it, it comes down to the support and the leverage. As far as us, um, we are recruiting a couple more people right now. We, we are looking for some producing agents to come on board with us um, for our greater Hamilton area team. And then uh, we've also just opened our, our second location in Toronto. So we have an awesome team leader out there that's going to be growing a team. And um, five-year five year plan, three to five-year plan is that we'll be across Canada. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, Brad in, in Toronto, is that the right? right? Yeah. Right. Okay. Brad, cool. I saw yeah. some, I saw some marketing around that. That's yeah. exciting. Yeah. That's exciting. So, uh, awesome. That's great stuff. Uh, really appreciate you sharing all this stuff today. I think there's lots of, lots of value in this and, and lots of opportunity with you guys. If, if people want to reach out and learn a bit more about this, uh, for sure, whether it's whether to explore an opportunity or just to kind of understand that maybe they have some specific questions from this conversation. Uh, yeah, 100%. How, do, how, do, how do they do that? So um, you can reach me, Justin Price at Lucido, L-U-C-I-D-O, global.com. Um, or you can give me a call at 905-317-0181. I'm always happy to talk to people. If you need help with your business or you want to you know, run a system by me or something, I'm always happy to, to share my input and see if there's something that I can do to get back. Yeah, I think it'd be silly not to want to learn a little more about how uh, almost a billion dollar real estate company is run. It's a uh, there's yeah. a, lot, a lot of stuff to learn from there, I'm sure. And uh, yeah. and Justin's always happy to help. So I'd encourage people to reach out and uh, learn more and uh, and explore that with him. And uh, thanks so much for coming on. It's been my pleasure. Been a, been a great session here. I'm uh, excited to see what comes of it. And uh, if anyone wants to reach out to me, uh, Sandy at McKayRealsNetwork.com uh, is the easiest way. And uh, that's about it. That is a wrap for another show. I hope people got some great ahas and takeaways from this. Reach out to us if you want to uh, recommend anyone else for the show or you have some feedback. We'd love to hear from everyone. And uh, like our Facebook page, subscribe, etc. And that way you won't miss out on an episode. And uh, share this with anyone you know who wants to learn more about growing businesses, growing teams in real estate, specifically in Canada. That's all we're talking about here. And uh, yeah. excited to have you on, Justin. Thanks so much again. Thank you so and, much. Uh, talk to everyone soon. Okay. Thanks.